0: And welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Are you in a transition, ready for your next step, but you're unsure as to what that next step actually is? Or maybe you feel stuck, unclear, or just plain bored with life. I have been in that space myself, and instead of looking everywhere else for the answer of what should I do next, I realized that I had to create my own space and allow my own answers to bubble up. And this is exactly why I created Dream Space Online for you. It's an e-course that gives you that space needed to reconnect with your spark, release anything that may be holding you back, and create a game plan for your dreams with 14 strategic exercises that will help you unlock your life's purpose and develop your action plan guaranteed. In this next year, we all have a choice to make. Do we stay where we are wondering why it's not working or do we ask for help and learn new skills that will take us in a new direction? And for a limited time, you'll receive $1,000 in bonuses thrown in, including a 30-minute clarity call with me. I cannot wait to walk alongside you in this journey. So to learn more and purchase DreamSpace online, check out jointhedreamspace.com. That's jointhedreamspace.com. Welcome back to the Dreamcast. You guys, as we head into a brand new decade, it is even more important that we get crystal clear on what we want, but you know what? Even deeper than that, crystal clear on who we are, and that is going to help us align with what we want and gain clarity in all aspects of our life, and that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. So our next guest left her job after 15 years in education. She was a teacher and an administrator, and she now has the incredible opportunity of guiding others through the process of self-discovery. You see, she used to be anxious and irritated as she prepared to go to work on Monday. Can I get an amen? Has anybody (laughs) ever felt that way? She was stressed, anxious, and even though she enjoyed her job, She felt stuck. She was exhausted. And she was frustrated with the situation. She then began to seek guidance and coaching. And I know all of us have felt this. So we're like, all right, we're ready for our next step. But we don't know what that is. And so she, like most of us, probably should. I don't know that we do, but we probably should. She began to seek guidance and coaching. And this is when she was introduced to the Enneagram, our topic today. This is when she realized that by understanding her core motivations, her core fears, her core strengths and challenges, she could finally embrace who she truly was designed to be and move forward into the calling that God had for her. So we're going to hear about her story, and then we're going to talk about how you can experience the same thing. So big Dreamcast, welcome to Jen Van Hecken. Yeah,
1: thanks, Denise. I'm so excited to be here.
0: I am excited to get to know you. We actually are neighbors in the whole scheme of things. She lives in Michigan here too. And you know what? You were living your dream life. You you got your job in teaching. You were doing the thing, but at some point, it wasn't fulfilling you anymore, or you were just ready to continue growing. So can you tell us a bit about that restless? stage that you were in?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it kind of snuck up on me. It was a surprise. I really did have my dream job. I loved education. I still love education. I was a teacher for about 10 years and then moved into administration. And I was a um, director of academics for five years, and I I really loved it. But uh, about the time that I turned 40... My daughter left for college. She's my oldest daughter. She left for college and I had some changes in the workplace that just made me a little bit uncomfortable just with my position there. And I wasn't quite sure anymore if this was the right position for me. And at that time, what I started realizing as I started just kind of seeking guidance about it is, you know, it really felt like a chapter was ending and it was time to kind of move into the next phase. And I think for a lot of us, we think, oh, you know what? I I started in this job. I love this job. I'm going to be in this job forever. And sometimes we have to give ourselves permission to recognize that life changes. For me, it looked like my family changing, the family dynamics inside our house were changing. I was changing as I was getting a little bit older. And so as I kind of started jumping into that next chapter, I was really uncertain. And I started uh, dealing with some anxiety and some depression, if I'm really honest about it, just really unsure about what was next for me. Because sometimes I think we know that what we're holding on to isn't the right thing for us, but it's really scary to let go. Because we're just not sure what's on the other side. And so I really wrestled with that for about a full year. I, I wrestled with, do I let go of this? What if I let go and everything else falls flat? Uh, I'm an Enneagram 3, which I'm going to talk about in a second. But especially for an Enneagram 3, we really pride ourselves on what we do and where we tend to be workaholics and we uh we're achievers and we're success oriented. And so to just up and let go of something almost felt like a failure. And that was really difficult. But what I found was that every Sunday night, I really was getting anxious and I was not looking forward to Monday morning. And I know so many of us feel that way on the weekends. We're like, ah, I just want the weekend. I, I, you know, I'm not looking forward to Monday morning. And we when we start feeling that way, think it's really time to just evaluate. What is it that's making us uncomfortable? Why are we not looking forward to our work or what we're doing on Monday morning? And kind of ask those questions. Those were questions I had to ask myself. And I sat down with my husband one day and I said, I, I think that I'm done. And I, I just think that God has a next step for me. And And we looked at each other and he said, Okay, let's just go into it and see what happens. And um, I'm just so grateful. I've never, I've never looked back because I was clenching so tightly to that. And, and we kind of talk about it in our household, like I, I turned my hands upward, and opened my palms and let go of what I was holding on to so Tightly and just said, "Okay, my hands are open for what comes next." And um, again, I'm just so grateful that I did because I, I, I'm just, uh, I, I love Monday mornings. Now Monday is like <laughs> it's a
0: work week. Woo Let's do something fun. Well, they always say find a job where it feels like every day is a Saturday, right? Where not yes. feel like you're working. But I think so many people have this situation, this pivot. And the question always, at least for me, when I've experienced it has been, do I rekindle the spark? Yeah. Do I figure out a way to, to like my job again? Yep. Or do I follow the spirit? Do I allow God to move within me and listen to mm-hmm. that? And there's certainly times when you rekindle the spark, yeah. you know, in your marriage and other things, but sometimes yep. we have to listen to that restlessness. So how did you figure out what to do next?
1: Well, I had been studying the Enneagram for about a year prior to that. I I kind of ran into it accidentally. I think I was having a conversation with a friend and she brought up the word and I started looking into it. And so I started studying it as just something as I was going through this change, this kind of uh, place of searching. I was using the Enneagram to really discover who I was and who I was created to be be, uh, as I was kind of looking at the path forward. And so once I had gone through that, and I I decided to step away, you know, I already had been studying this and known that there were opportunities for training and for coaching and for um, kind of official certifications. And I thought, you know, I know that my years that I have spent working with students and working with families and training teachers, I I would do a lot of staff trainings, training and coaching people within that environment. I know that I can, if I can take this information that I've learned that I'm so excited about and help others move forward in their journeys help them get unstuck. Like I was feeling stuck. That was just a a passion of mine. So I continued studying it. And then this fall, um, kind of slowly, but that's okay, launched my own coaching business where now I have the opportunity to meet with individuals and work with some teams and work with some businesses in what that looks like for themselves them to move forward, for their teams to move forward, and for their companies to move forward.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. And that's really when you find something that lights your fire, you know, that yeah. gets you excited again, then you have this space where you're like, everybody needs to know about this. And this yeah. will help everybody. And so now yeah. you can work with teams and teachers and yeah. beyond, right? Individual yeah. stay-at-home moms who are ready for more, people who want to start their own businesses, yep. corporations who want to elevate their culture. Yeah. So yeah. For those that don't know, tell us a bit about what Enneagram <sighs> is.
1: Yes. It's kind of a buzzword right now. So maybe several of your listeners have heard of it, but basically it is a personality typology that consists of nine different numbers that represent kind of a lens or a viewpoint with which each one of us sees The world. So there's a lot of great personality assessments out there. I personally, I love the MBTI. That's the Myers Briggs. So I do some work with that too. And I love personality typologies, but the Enneagram is unique from almost all of them in that it doesn't necessarily tell us how we act. It doesn't, you know, tell us if we're an instigator or a leader or a whatever any of those do, but instead it goes underneath and it tells us why we do what we do. And so it really is a tool that helps us look at our core motivations. So I think of, you know, new entrepreneurs and I think of those who maybe even are thinking they would like to start a business or start something new but don't know exactly why, or maybe they don't have the confidence or courage to do that. When we look at the Enneagram and we we do a typing session and we look at, well, you know, this is your number. And again, no, there's no number that's better than the other. They're just different. And one of the reasons they're numbers is because numbers are neutral. But instead of saying, oh, you know what, you're this and you're a leader, so you should go do it. We're able to say, you know what, it sounds like your motivation is achieving, or your motivation is helping others, or your motivation is joy and and fun. And so we can tap into those motivations and say, okay, now that we know this, let's make a plan for success moving forward based on who you were designed to be and not just based on let's go do.
0: Interesting. So now that we know your core motivation, we can keep that in mind when we do. Because let's say your core motivation is joy and fun and you're choosing, I mean, starting a business or really doing anything new is scary. So we got to make sure joy and fun are on the schedule because we know that's important to you. And we know then that when you hit a place, where
1: something goes wrong, or maybe you get some negative criticism, or you're uncomfortable with a situation, we know that that's gonna block you from being able to move forward. That's if you're a seven, if you're a seven, and you just delight in experiences, and we we can kind of say, you know what, you're gonna hit this wall. And when you do, here are some steps for working through it. Because no matter what it is we do, whether it's we're starting a business or we're uh, raising our families or we're meeting you know, with our best friend at the coffee shop, we're going to have that full range of experiences. And if we can understand how we receive information and the way that we process it and, and our motivations for doing these different things, then we can grow. And when we do hit those roadblocks, we can have a plan for success to get over them.
0: Awesome. And, and I think it's really interesting to not just... Understand yourself, but then when you're interacting with others, maybe coworkers or a boss or a spouse. Tell me why it's important to understand their core motivations too.
1: Well, I think communication is key because if I say something and mean something, but they have this underlying maybe core fear, motivations fall into categories of fears, desires, weakness, or longing. They maybe have a core fear of not being enough or not being accepted. And and I make a comment saying like, hey, I need you to do this better. But what they hear is you're not good enough and I don't want you on this project project, then we have this miscommunication where what I said and what they heard is totally different and we can't move forward. So uh, I'll give you an example that really just involves my best friend. It's not even a business example, but my best friend, um, she's a nine and the nine is a peacemaker. What they do is they want everybody to be happy. They don't they fear conflict. So they're just going to make the world around them a a wonderful place of peace. Well, I invited her to be on my podcast a couple months ago. And she said yes. And we had a great time. But I have to tell you about a month later, she said to me, you know, I hated every single second of it. But I didn't want to make you feel bad by saying no. And I thought, well, I would never have even felt that. I thought it was the most fun thing that we could do. But she was so distraught about the whole thing, but didn't want to hurt my feelings that she said yes. And so when we start to know each other's motivations, it helps with the way we communicate with each other. So now every time I invite her to do something at my house, I always say, do you
0: really want to do this? Or are you just trying to make me happy? (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. My husband, I realized when I started learning more about him, to me, I, I thought that he was just really particular or judgmental or like, uh, like everything had to be a certain way. And when I realized that it wasn't that he was being judgmental about me, he's just a perfectionist. I realized, oh, he's just very detailed. So it's yes. not that he's nitpicking. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe he is nitpicking because he's detailed. But now that yes. I know that he's detailed, I don't take it personally. Isn't that interesting?
1: Yes, that is, that is the important part when you know that about each other. Or you can even ask for uh, a rephrase of a. Of, of a question, I know my husband and I do that sometimes too. I hear something he says and I'll have to say back to him, okay, well, did you mean it this way? Or did you mean it this way? Because I just need to let you know, this is what I heard. But knowing each other's Enneagram numbers, he knows the messages that he needs to give me. I know the questions I need to ask him and that helps for communication. And that's one of the reasons, yes, I work with individuals and yes, I work with teams, but also with couples and families on just, hey, let's look at the Enneagram and see how can you communicate better?
0: Well, let's go through each of the numbers. So if you guys are not driving or working out, get out a piece of paper and write down these numbers. And we're going to give you a link and the ability for you to take your own test at the end as well. But let's go through and give a little synopsis of what each number means.
1: Absolutely. So there are nine numbers. Enya just means nine and gram is diagram. So it's a diagram of nine numbers, but we'll start with one. So one is sometimes called the perfectionist, sometimes called the reformer. They tend to see the world through everything that's imperfect. And so you were talking about your husband, and it sounds like, you know, they, they tend to see the things that are going wrong. And they that doesn't mean that they have a judgmental intentionally but when they see things that are going wrong they want them to be corrected or they want to correct them inso- themselves so they can be a bit judgmental or critical they have a fear of being wrong or bad or evil or not having integrity um, and they do can they can often struggle with resentment and so again, Getting to that place where you realize, oh, everything doesn't have to be perfect all the time. Again, if you're starting a business or starting something new, if you understand that you're a one, you can look at the world a little bit differently and say, okay, it is okay to make mistakes. The one is going to struggle with that, but that's the message that we want to help our ones figure out as they're moving on their journey. So, the two is sometimes called the supportive advisor or the helper. They have this inner desire to really help others, to be invested in others' lives in a positive way. They want to be appreciated and loved, but they, they do have this fear of rejection, of being thought of as worthless or needy. Um, they need to have that message that they are loved. I know we're heading into the new year, and if you didn't send your friends who are two a Christmas card, you may just want to send them a New Year's card because those words, I love you, you're important, are so important to it too. They need to be encouraged along the way. Uh, sometimes they can struggle with pride though. And the way that that shows up is if you help and help and help, you think you're probably the best at helping. I know moms run into this, like, you know, we don't let, we don't let the dads sometimes do the jobs around the house because only we can do it well. Well, twos tend to do that. They take on the burden. And so um, that can be a struggle for a two. And we want them to know they don't always need to be the helper, but they can invest in themselves and have others invest in them. As well along the journey. So then the three, and Denise, you mentioned that you're a three. Mm-hmm. I'm a three also. The three is sometimes called the successful achiever. Sometimes they're called the performer, because to a three, um, The appearance of success is really important. Um, They tend to work really hard to achieve goals. And so it's the new year. If you are a three, you've probably checked off all of your goal lists by January 3rd. Like you're done with your resolutions because you've achieved them all. Uh, That's kind of what a three does. Um, A three can really struggle, though, with that workaholism and with feeling like they're not enough. Because really, so many times, what people see about them is that they're good at things. And so they get feedback like, oh, you're so awesome. You did this. And they can only find their worth in what they do. And so for our three friends and our 3 coworkers, co-workers and, and those who are building a business, we want to say, hey, you, you're going to achieve those goals. But it's okay to slow down sometimes. It's okay to take some time away and invest in your family and your friends you're still going to be successful. And I love you, even if you're not successful. We have to let our threes know that it's okay to fail once in a while.
0: That's interesting because when we we hit the top of our company and everyone would be praising, oh, this is Denise, she's Black Diamond and all that stuff. And I kept thinking, do you like me because I'm cool? Yeah. Or do you like me because I achieved this one thing? Yeah, I really hope that my value is more than that, right? Yeah, see that tension of like going after it, but really wanting to be heard for who they are. Yes, absolutely. And that can be
1: hard for I mean hard for a 3 to understand or to admit. So that is such a really good realization for a 3 to be able to say I want to be loved for being more than my status and yet I still want to achieve more. That it is a real tension there. So I yeah. oh, I totally hear that. That's
0: funny. All right,
1: fours. I'm writing I'm taking notes too. You're taking notes. All right. So our type fours are um, sometimes called our individualists or our romantics or our creatives. They tend to be the most emotional on the spectrum of the nine. They tend to be your artists and your musicians and have a friend who's a four who's a chef and oh, that food is the most beautiful thing that you've ever seen. Their emotions kind of come out in very creative ways. But They have this true desire to be unique and special, to be individualized. Maybe they kind of fear that they're not enough or they're not different enough, that they're going to be overlooked because there's nothing special about them. And so uh, they can tend to be a little bit of envious. Of those around them if they see well life just looks like it's going really well for that person they can really struggle with that internally again if you're starting a business if you're starting something new for our fours it's really easy to look around and think everybody's got it together and really back up and understand no you are unique you're gonna have your own path to forge on this journey and that's okay that path was designed just for you but these are our creatives they they see beauty in every part of the world, and I love that about them. So that's a little bit about the four. Our fives are called our investigative thinkers or our investigators. Now, fives are really the only number on the Enneagram that has a specific personality typology. I'm kind of giving you generalizations of what each number looks like, but there's a lot of forms. It's like I said, it's really about those core motivations. But for fives, fives are introverts, fives tend to pull away and they need extra time to recharge. One of my favorite analogies about a five is that when the rest of us wake up in the morning, we wake up with like 100% life battery, like a phone. Fives wake up at about 80%. So they need a lot of time away to recharge. They're deep thinkers, so they really like information. Information is kind of what protects them from the world around them. They want to be known as being really capable and competent. So um, this is someone who will research a lot before jumping in. We have to remind our fives that sometimes it's okay to jump in and start something, even if you don't have every single detail in front of you. That can be really hard for a five, but we have to get our fives to actually open the doors to the world sometimes. And so that's, that's a bit of a challenge with a five. Now, our sixes, our sixes are called the loyalists. Sometimes they're called the guardians, sometimes. So our sixes, they have a fear of fear itself, which sounds kind of funny, but they tend to struggle with anxiety more than any other number. So their core fear, their core need is to have security, to be protected, to have guidance, to be supportive. If, if we have someone who is a type six, we'll want to really walk hand in hand with them along this journey. You know, maybe there's, again, they're starting something new and, and we want to partner with them. They really appreciate a partner to come alongside. They're also very loyal. I mean, sixes because they're a little bit more fearful. If they make a really good friend with someone, man, you have that friend for life. I love the sixes in my life because they're they're cheerleaders and they're champions of the friends around them. They're super loyal. But we do need to take our sixes on a journey so that they can feel protected and loved. They need to know that they're safe and secure in a decision that they're making moving forward. So uh, I just want to tell you a quick story about a six because my daughter's is a six and it's my favorite story. She's in college and she's been looking for an internship and she had to apply last September for one that's in the next year summer. And she said to me, mom, how can I apply for an internship now? I mean, there could be like a tornado and things could get flattened. How am I going to know it's nine months from now? And I thought, That is what our sixes are like. They look at the world and they're like, well, the worst thing that might happen could actually happen. So I have to prepare for that. And that story just kind of makes me laugh about that's your typical six right there. (laughs) Any questions so far? We're we're cruising. We're cruising. Yeah, keep going. Keep going. All right. So I mentioned our sevens who love joy and they love fun experiences. They're called sometimes the entertainer. Sometimes they're called the optimist. And they're really both of those things. So sevens have a real need to be happy, to be satisfied, to be content. What this means though, is that they struggle with negative emotions. So the minute a seven hits a roadblock or becomes discouraged uh, they just want to turn and try something else. And so sometimes our sevens can have a short attention span because they're in it until it gets hard. And we want to encourage our sevens to keep going and push through even the negative. They have a fear of being deprived or trapped or limited or bored. We say our sevens, they have FOMO more than anything, fear of missing out. They want to be involved in every, everything. The fun thing about sevens is they throw a great party. They are people, people, people. But we have to work through on life isn't always going to be the way that you have planned it. So that's kind of what we work through with our sevens when they're in the middle of that.
0: When we have sevens within our team, we often put them in charge of the registration table. Yeah, they are a part of the event coordination. But it's funny because we'll be there and they show up to everything. But sometimes we have to say, are you really working your business? yes <laughs> that just is here to hang out <laughs> that is exactly right they are you and you put them at the
1: registration table because then somebody comes up and are and is like oh I want to be a part of this because if they're here, this is gonna be an instant friend yeah. absolutely yeah. no I love I love that <laughs> and you know speaking to that Denise when we talk about other reasons for the Enneagram it's placement within a company or within a business or within any sort of situation you know who is doing the job that you want them to do your five are researchers if you have research that needs to get done man find yourself a five you know if you need someone welcoming guests find yourself a seven so that's a really good way that we that we use the Enneagram as well all right we have two more numbers so type eight sometimes they're called the defender sometimes they're called the protector and sometimes they're called the challenger now the type eight is often considered to be maybe abrasive or bold or they tend to have a strong personality. They have this intense need to protect themselves and their inner circle. They can be very defensive. And so you might come up against an eight and think that they're actually angry with you. And really they're just being blunt. So our eights don't need a lot of coddling. They don't need a lot of help. They just want to get things done and they they don't need the chit chat involved. And so with eights, we kind of have to remind them that especially with if they're working with customers or meeting with people or having team meetings. We want to bring people in, not scare people off. But eights often don't even know that they sound angry when they're having conversations. My husband's an eight, and this is why we have to talk about it a lot they often say, are you mad at me? Or are we just having a conversation? And typically, we're just having a conversation. So they have this desire for justice. If they see something that's wrong, they want it fixed, and they want it fixed right away. And so that's, kind of their their mo let's just get it done let's make it right let's have everybody at the table and if we need to build a longer table then i'm just going to push you out of the way so that i can build the longer table right right over you and so they're amazing at getting things done but i have to soften them their um exterior up just a little bit and finally i told you about my best friend krista who's a nine who told me after the fact that she was doing things just to make me happy so i wouldn't be mad at her but our nines. They're called the mediator. Sometimes they're called the peacemaker. They have this deep-seated need to have camaraderie and inner stability and peace at all times. So conflict makes them really uncomfortable. And what we know is that healthy conflict is important for moving forward. Nines sometimes have the hardest time moving forward or making decisions because it does take conflict sometimes. You have to give people messages they don't want to hear or you do have to wrestle through situations and that can be really uncomfortable for a nine because they they really just want everybody to be happy so they need to be reminded that they are important That it's okay for them to raise their voice to speak their needs to make decisions to move forward and it's even okay if someone's upset with them and so that can be really difficult Uh, for a nine, but that's kind of the path we take with them. What does that mean to move forward, even if it means causing conflict in a healthy way? And so uh, that's our nine. And that's how we help them move forward. Awesome.
0: Awesome. So I hope you guys can kind of point figure out what number you are. (laughs) And Do you find that people are a mesh of some or is there a predominant one? No. And I've even known when I've taken some of the tests that it says W number. What, is, what yeah. does all of that mean? What if you Yes. You're like, <laughs> so
1: each person is gonna have a dominant number. And again, it takes some searching sometimes because so many of us can be like, man, I resonate with all of those. And the truth is we have pieces of those in each of our personalities. But when we start really talking about core motivations and core fears and core desires and go a little bit more deeply and ask some more questions, we find that everyone settles in on one dominant number. Now the W stands for wing. And so just like a bird, the there are two wings, one on each side of the dominant number. So if you look at the Enneagram symbol, it is the numbers, you know, move circularly and each number has one next to it. The two is easy, right? Because they go in order. So if you're a two, you have a one and a three right next to it. You're right in the middle. And what that means is we tend to lean on one of our wings more heavily than the other. Now, there are some people who lean on their wings equally. There are some people who really don't lean on a wing at all. For me, I'm a three with a four wing. So I, I have a, a lot of creative endeavors that I work on. I have this kind of I like to have a really unique perspective that's different from other people. So when I talk about my personality and my needs and my typology, I know that, you know, my core, my core desire is that achieving, right? And that success. But oftentimes I do it in a way that incorporates creativity or a unique perspective. And that's my three with a four-wing coming out. Now oftentimes I get the question, can I be I think I'm a three with a seven wing. Well, you might have seven tendencies, but you're not a seven wing. Your wings can only be the numbers to the two sides of your dominant number on the Enneagram wheel.
0: Okay. Interesting. Super cool. I'm I'm trying to find my report from last time when I when I did it. So I can't find it. So I'll have to do the task again. So I can (laughs) be sure. And I think that the more that you know, the more that you understand why you do the things that you do, and that helps to set you up for success in the future. So when you're coaching somebody, you're not just going through the test with them. What do you do with these results? So there's a couple things
1: and the Enneagram is layers deep. So I don't want to get, you know, too bogged down in it. But if you um, if someone does actually take the time to look at the Enneagram symbol, there's all these lines and there's arrows. and, and, And what happens is while the Enneagram is designed as a personality typology, it's also designed as a map. And so you will have these arrows to different numbers where you can look at traits that come out when you're growing and you're healthy and traits that come out when you're under stress. And so some of the things that we do are we look at what does it mean to grow to your healthiest self? And what are the steps that we need to take in order to get there? And we define you know, pattern, negative patterns of thinking and behavior that are holding us back and make a plan to step over those. We clarify goals and we look at those growth and stress patterns and say, okay, what, what of these things are, are bumping into you and getting in your way as you've clarified these goals? But now as you're getting there, you're hitting a wall. Let's look at this growth line. Are you on it? Or are you on a more of a stress line that's moving you away from that? And so we make those kinds of plans along the way, working through the Enneagram and the depth of the Enneagram while also, again, uh, looking at patterns of behavior and um, thinking that are holding people back and then also looking at clarifying goals and moving forward and, and what does it mean to hit those goals despite our point of view and the challenges that we may have right from our
0: initial number. It sounds like having this clarity of Mm -hmm. self will give you the ability when you hit a roadblock to know why and to pivot around it, or maybe just identify it as a a speed bump versus a stop sign. Because a lot of times when we hit those roadblocks, we think, well, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And we turn around and go home or we give up, or we don't think we're good enough to get over it. And when Really, it could just be a part of our core fear, our core motivation. Something was triggered and we can move around it much easier. Yeah. And like with anything else, sometimes it's a lot clearer
1: for someone to look at it from the outside and be able to say, you know, if we look at the Enneagram, this is what we're seeing with that roadblock versus just hitting it and saying, I, you know, I give up. I'm not sure why this is happening. And so I'm just going to throw in the bag and I'm not going to, I'm not going to do the next thing. And so uh, that's one of the reasons that, uh, i love coaching is to be able to say oh what are your goals and and how can we get there and if someone says to me yeah but you know i haven't been able to do this or you know i don't i'm afraid to call that person on the phone even though i should and we can go well, well what is holding you back is it that you're a six and you're just afraid of everything in the world and and calling people is one of them? Is it that you're a seven and you're afraid of a negative conversation or you're a nine and you're afraid of conflict? What do we do to get through that specific fear or that specific motivation so that you can do what you need to do and hit the goal that you have for yourself?
0: So how can they begin to work with you? I know you actually have a discount. I do. I do.
1: You know, I love working with people. So first of all, you can find all of my information at Uh, I have all of my coaching information on there. And so it gives you a little bit more in-depth information. I always have a free 30-minute consultation. And uh, if you're local, I'll even buy you a cup of coffee. I would love to do that. I love going out for coffee. Uh, but then an initial type and learn session Uh, right now for your listeners denise uh, i have a 15 dollar discount on that and i am glad to extend that to all of your listeners i would love to meet with them in that type and learn session we do a typing assessment we go through all of the numbers um i i ask a lot of questions to make sure we're landing correctly on that dominant number we talk about all of the motivations of that. We talk about the wings and what a stress line and a growth line look like so that they can make then the decision on more intense uh, coaching moving forward. Uh, But that initial type and learn session is really important. And so I am glad, I'm so excited to offer that discount to your listeners.
0: Awesome. Yay. Thank you guys so much. Jenvanhecken.com. You guys, we will post the link in the show notes below, along with all of her social. So a couple last questions to ask you. What do you think the biggest like like breakthrough you've experienced when working with someone and teaching them a bit more about themselves in this way? Oh, so fun.
1: So I have a client who is a type nine. She, again, that type nine does not want conflict. And so she would say in her own words, her weakness was shrinking back just not wanting to be seen, wanting to be seen, but not knowing how to do it. And I remember her saying to me, uh, giving me this story that she was in this room and this woman walked in and just, she's like, that woman just owned the room and could have a conversation with anyone. And that's what I want to be like. And so we started working through uh, different steps and different, you know, goals that she could do to get to that point. And at the end of several sessions, she just told me this story about a book club that she was at. And she's like, and I just walked in and I was that woman. And I was not afraid to make myself known. And I started conversations. And so, you know, I I hear those stories a lot, but really what it is, is this growth of confidence, because there's this recognition that it's okay that I was created with these fears and these longings and these desires. But now I have a path to overcome them and become the best version of myself. And so those are the kind of stories that I love and the breakthroughs that I love to see. Mm,
0: So good. So good. All right. So you just started your whole a whole new business, right? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome to entrepreneurship. Uh, Um, I would love to hear uh, a bit about your entrepreneurship journey. What has that been like for you to step into this whole new world? Okay. So first of
1: all, it's, Great because I love Monday mornings and and like I said that has been the biggest change for me. But um, I am stepping in a little bit backwards. You know when I wasn't when I when I had that moment where I said I'm turning over my hands and I'm opening up my palms and I'm letting go. I didn't quite know even though I thought oh I can study the enneagram and I can be a coach. I didn't quite know what that meant. And Denise, I'm still not quite sure um, that I know what that means. But I will say one of the the challenges that I've had to overcome and that I think new entrepreneurs need to overcome, especially as women, is that it's okay to take up space. It is okay to self promote. That is really hard and, and it can feel really uncomfortable. But I have to be honest, when you are a part of something that you really believe in, that you know brings benefit you have to kind of step over that hurdle and say, okay, world, here I am, and this is what I'm doing and jump on the train with me and, you know, I promise it'll be fun and um, and that can be really difficult. And so I think that that has been a big step for me and a new learning experience for me of, um, kind of breaking that barrier and breaking that shell of being able to say to people, well, this is what I do. And uh, this is how I do it. And
0: I would love for you to be a part of it with me. Absolutely. We say yeah. entrepreneurship is like a personal development program with a compensation plan. <laughs> Ooh, I love breaking yeah. through your own glass ceilings. Yeah. Uh, so on this journey, you've had to create kind of life systems to keep yourself filled, because we know we cannot give from an empty cup. So Tell me, what are some books you're reading? What are some things that have really encouraged you on this journey?
1: I love Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller, just about telling stories. So I love telling stories. On top of um, Enneagram coaching, um, I do educational uh, consulting, and I, I work with a program that is about helping students understand that they're a part of a larger story, which I love. And I have a podcast in which I share stories that inspire and encourage. So I love that idea of story. And so that's been really important to me and understanding that my journey and my story that I get to share about this journey is really important. And so that was, that was just a really good learning book for anyone who's starting off. And again, having to put themselves out there and trying to find the right way to do it, I would encourage them to read that book. And then I have to put in a plug for it wasn't a self development book, but I just finished bread and wine by Sean and And I mentioned that I'm a three. And so you'll probably understand this, Denise, but as threes, we tend to do better than we be. like We're doers, not beers. And so rest and relaxation can be really difficult. And sometimes for a three, it's easier for their them to invest in their work than in their relationships. And so sometimes my relationships, they can just become distant because I'm so busy with work. And especially as a new entrepreneur, I'm putting all this time and effort into it. And bread and wine is about building relationships around the table and bringing people together. And it was such a good reminder that I don't have to have one without the other. I can, I can work and I can build, but I can still, you know, build those friendships and cultivate family relationships. and And bringing the two of those together has been really important. And and so I think as people are trying to figure out entrepreneurship and and good things to remember as they move forward, those two books in two very different ways have been important to me.
0: Awesome. Yeah. As a three, I used to say "lazy" is a swear word in my mind. <laughs> so then I had to start putting it on the calendar, you know, like date night, read with, you know, and and then exactly. I could check it off, and it was accomplishing both
1: (laughs) exactly and that that experience of rest and uh, that can be such a challenge but again for three knowing we're still we're still loved and we're still accepted just for being and so yeah i mean that's a whole nother podcast yeah so good (laughs) so good
0: um last question is what is one thing you do every day that you cannot live without oh goodness I
1: kiss my husband goodbye before he leaves for work and I tell my son I love you and I know that that sounds funny but we we went through a period where we realized we would just like wave like hey bye see ya and we were so busy and we made this change where we're like we're at no we're we're kissing each other goodbye like this is we're we're doing this we're starting our day here and I wouldn't change it and and same with my son he's 16. And I just think like, I, I want to say, I love you the words to him as often as possible. And so those two things, as they, they head out the door about the same time in the morning and those two things, I cannot start
0: my day without. Mm, Amen. Yes. Hellos and goodbyes are like the, oh yeah, yeah. The bookends, the bookends bookends of the relationship. Yeah. And they really make more of a difference than you'd expect. So that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your heart, your passion. You can tell that you just love to help people grow and love to help people become their best self. And you guys check out Jen Van Hecken. The link will be in the description box below and, and certainly get a free consultation if not more, because all of this will help you get better. And we are here on this earth to get better and to grow and thrive. And this is just one piece of that puzzle. So thank you so much, Jen. Yeah, thank you so much, Denise. It's been great.